Hi everyone, welcome back to Collier's Insights Podcast, a podcast series where Collier's experts comment on the latest real estate news and provide you, our listeners, with insights affecting the Philippine property market. This is your host, Joey Roy Bondo, Collier's Associate Director and Head of Research. And joining us today is Kevin Hara, Associate Director of Office Services Tenant Representation. Hi Kevin! Thanks for joining us today. How do you see the implementation of split operations by companies and occupiers influencing office take-up in the next 12 months? Okay, I'll, I'll start by first uh, giving you a basic definition of what hybrid work is. So in basic terms, it's just splitting your work time in the office or, or at home. So another variation of that is that you could take a portion of your work schedule in another location, so rather than the office. So right now, implementation varies from company to company due to the different nature of businesses. And because of hybrid work, this could mean less office real estate that is needed. We have seen over 320,000 square meters of negative office space demand since uh, 2020 and since pandemic started. So a similar question about decreased office demand was brought up during a recent Collier's Forum with M. Moser. So in, in terms of workplace design, a 50-50 hybrid work policy, for instance, might not automatically translate to a 50% reduction in office space. Since most companies would still want to retain their physical office presence, the key now is to make the workspaces conducive for employees who do decide to work at the office. So this means introducing more community spaces and more amenities to have a holistic approach to a typical employee's work experience. Uh, other factors are also affecting work from home policies. So, for instance, uh, the current guidance from the Philippine Economic Zone Authority, PESA, for its accredited enterprises like the BPOs, would reduce work from home staff to 75% from the current 90% starting in March. So, due to this shifting um, regulations, most BPOs have adopted a wait and see mode and retained their office footprint. But that, that's not to say that all BPOs will go full work from home, even if there were no PESA limitations. They even have an incentive to maintain a solid workforce in the office. We have actually received some comments that BPOs offering more work from home roles win more business versus firms that offer purely virtual roles. With these factors, I don't think office space demand in the general sense will be affected by the current uh, work from home policies. Um, it's something that is happening uh, right now. So some companies are decreasing because of work from home. But in the long term, I don't think um, office space demand will be generally affected. So demand will still be largely influenced by economic and business conditions. Our forecast of positive office demand starting next year is actually due to increase in outsourcing and industries that thrived during the pandemic, like e-commerce and healthcare. Thanks, Kevin, for clarifying, uh, you know, the work from home policy, for um, identifying its definition, uh, giving us the basic terms, and uh, what you have seen so far, and even the sub-markets that have been driving the uh, market. Now, we saw lease rates correcting in 2020, and we are seeing the same trend in 2021. 
the question now is, do you see this as an opportunity for tenants, for the companies to move to core locations? Have you seen your clients taking advantage of uh, this opportunity in the market? And where are they transferring? Yes, there certainly is an opportunity for for everyone and for all occupiers, um, especially if you're adopting a flight to cost and the flight to quality strategy. And sometimes you can even do both. Um, flight to cost and flight to quality. So, for example, you relocate to a cheaper location in a better and a brand new, uh, for example, grade A building. So, we have seen this in uh, the Makati to Ortigas relocations where um, occupier could potentially have a re rental savings of around 30% just because of the, the lower cost location, but they enjoy uh, the brand new supply of buildings in Ortigas right now. So, of course, it might be easier said than done in some cases uh, because of employee operation risk. So, management also has to balance employee considerations uh, with your PNL. But in this tenants market, um, cost savings in office space and office real estate is still possible even without moving out of a particular location. So we have had the relocation assignment, for example, in within Makati uh, and produced net savings um, from their previous lease situation. So this was possible because office vacancies uh, pressure many landlords to be more flexible and aggressive in their commercial terms. Okay, thanks for clarifying that, Kevin, and you know, for giving us uh, insights on how companies have been moving from one business district to another or even within the same business district. But those are mainly transactions within Metro Manila. I want to go outside of Metro Manila now and look at transactions outside the capital region where deals reached 87,000 square meters in the first nine months of 2021. Now Cebu topped the provincial sites followed by Iloilo and uh, Pampanga, so no surprise there. Are you receiving more queries and will this office space absorption outside of Metro Manila continue beyond 2021? Why? And uh, could you identify the factors that will uh, help sustain this demand? We think that Cebu is uh, or has already shaped up to be a very, very convincing second gateway to the Philippine market and labor. Uh, because in the past, uh, traditional thinking is that Manila will always equate to the Philippines. But this is not the case already right now and more so in the next few years. A large resident labor market, new infrastructure, and the availability of grade A office buildings right now in Cebu will continue to attract high-level work uh, in multinational businesses uh, and shared services that in the past you would normally see just in Manila. Um, in locations like Iloilo and Pampanga, um, these are already established outsourcing locations um, for companies, uh, third-party outsourcers already looking to lower labor costs uh, while establishing uh, a diversified BCP presence uh, from their, uh, for example, usually their Manila site. Um, so in short, the provincial office market will still be there and will continue to grow in the future. And we are expecting provincial office activity 
uh, to be much like before um, with the same demand motivations as the pre-pandemic times. Okay. What would be your companies that are still on a wait-and-see mode? How about for a non-BPO uh, or a traditional occupant uh, planning to occupy a bigger space in the 2022? So I think companies that are still on the wait-and-see mode are actually the smaller firms, smaller companies who might have decided uh, they don't have the risk appetite to execute major real estate strategies. Um, larger occupiers and companies with multiple leases in their portfolios have the most incentive to get out of the wait and see position and proactively rationalize their real estate right now. So regardless of where they are in their contracts. Uh, actually, right now we're talking to several large occupiers who are in the midst of executing comprehensive strategies, not just in 2022, but uh, even in 2023. Okay, so let's uh, go back to our previous office market report. Among your top uh, recommendations is to explore the viability of occupying flexible co-working spaces in the interim. Is this still applicable uh, in 2022? And what should the flexible uh, workspace operators do to stand out in the market? Yes, and uh, I think the flexible workspace industry would still be growing. And um, that type of office product would suit those small companies that I mentioned. And, you know, generally other companies who want to manage uncertainty on their businesses. Um, these flexible operators and providers still offer the benefits that regular office spaces can't uh, offer, such as uh, shorter lease terms and scalable spaces. So these are good for companies looking to rapidly grow or reduce uh, their office footprint. Operators should also continue to emphasize their flexibility and their complete services. However, they should also still be prepared to offer additional commercial concessions as the high vacancy regime in regular office space will continue to be an option for any occupier. Okay, thank you, Kevin. This uh, session has indeed been very interesting. Uh, I'm sure our listeners will have a lot to take from your insights. Before we end this session, uh, we encourage uh, you to check out Collier's third quarter property market reports covering office, residential, and retail segments. Our reports can be downloaded from our website. This has been Joey Roy Bondock, and we hope you'll join us in our next episode of Collier's Insights Podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye, thank you. Thanks, Kevin.